All right, everybody, let's grab a seat. Good morning, New Life Church. Everybody good? All right, well, it's good to see you guys again. Um, let's go ahead and find a seat, and let's get ready to open today's Word. Who's ready for the Word of the Lord? Amen. Well, let's get our Bibles out, your smartphones, tablets, whatever you're using these days. Uh, and let me invite you to turn with me to the Gospel of Luke. Gospel of Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke. That's where we're going to be this morning. We're starting a series today, a special one for Christmas. It's called The Light of Christmas, as you've been seeing on a lot of different things. The video, the screens, the printouts, the handouts, the invite cards. And can't stress enough to uh, just encourage you as you see people in your life that you think, hey, you need to come to church with me on Sunday. Great opportunities these next two weeks leading up to Christmas. Uh, we want to uh, want to make you aware as you leave today, uh, uh, we have a special gift for you. It's a book called The Light of Christmas. Um, and it's also, we've got a Christmas card in there for you and your families. It's a gift for you, your household, one per household. And uh, really, it, it's, a, it's a neat little book that, that really helps to stir a little creativity to take some extra special time this season leading up to Christmas with your families to rehearse and go over the story that changed the world. And so we want to put this into your hand today and you can take advantage of, uh, of the next 19 days leading up to Christmas and, um, and have this. If you don't have something, this is a great tool to help you with that. So as you leave today, these are going to be made available to you and uh, for you to take home, all right? Before we get into today's text, I, I want to take a minute, and I want to say a special prayer, not only for today, but in this season, but and what it means, but really about what's happening in our country. Um, all that was on the news last week was the horrific tragedy in California, uh, an act of terror. And the thing about that is, if you don't know that by now, know this by now, is that all it does is create fear. And fear is what drives out love. But the God, but the Apostle John tells us in First John four, God's perfect love in our lives drives out all fear. And who is Jesus? He's love. And more than any time, in any place, every generation could say this up to now, is that we need the light of Christ. We need the light of Jesus in our life. We need Him in our world. We need Him in our country. There's a whole lot you could say about these types of things that goes on, but the reality is sin is in this world. And there are broken lives all around, hurting, messed up, got wrong ideologies about a lot of stuff. But let me tell you, as Thomas admonished us this morning, Jesus came to save the world. And church, we can't be bashful, we can't be ashamed, and we can't be silent, and we sure cannot live in fear. 
So I want to bring your attention as I prepare to pray. Uh, what I found, I found great comfort in this psalm as I was reading it, and I wanted to share it with you. It's Psalm 46. I'm going to read it from the message version. It says, that, it says this, God is a safe place to hide, ready to help when we need Him. We stand fearless at the cliff edge of doom, courageous in sea storm and earthquake. Before the rush and roar of oceans, the tremors that shift mountains. Jacob wrestling God, he fights for us. God of angel armies, he protects us. River fountains splash joy, cooling God's city, the sacred haunt of the Most High. God lives here. Can you say that God lives here? God lives here. He says, the streets are safe. God at your service from crack of dawn. Godless nations, they rant and rave. Kings and kingdoms threaten. However, earth does anything that God says. Jacob wrestling God, he fights for us. God of angel armies, he protects us. Attention all, see the marvels of God. He plants flowers and trees all over the earth. And he also does this. He bans war from pole to pole. He breaks all the weapons across his knee. So step out of the traffic and take a long loving look at God. He's our high God above politics, above everything. Jacob wrestling God, he fights for us. God of angel armies, he protects us. And I want to pray this prayer that a lot of us have grown up praying. It's the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6. I, like, I picked the message translation. Let's bow our heads. Jesus prays this, and we do today. I'll pray it now. Our Father in heaven... Reveal who you are. Set the world right. Do what's best. As above in heaven and so below here on earth, do what's best. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. For we declare you're in charge. God, you are in charge. You can do anything you want. You're ablaze in beauty. We add our yes to that. And in this season of Christmas, may the star of Christ, the light of Christ, be the brightest thing this world sees. Above evil, above tragedy, above poverty, above injustice, above sin. The heart of man is sinful, but the light of Christ is beautiful. Let the light of Christ mesmerize us, 
captivate us and draw us this world in your direction. In your holy, pure, and most powerful name, we pray the name of Jesus. The church say amen. Amen. And amen. Amen? All right. Making sure I hear you right. I hear a little better on my left ear today than I can my right ear. So that means the right side, my right side, you got to be a little louder today, okay? Okay, okay, all right. <laughs> Jesus is on the throne. Let's look at our text, Matthew, or excuse me, Luke 1. It says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee. I think you can follow along on the screen too. Yeah, very good. It says, to a virgin named Mary is where he came. She says, she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, I bet she was, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so. The baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. And Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant, and may everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. How many of you like Christmas lights? Anybody love Christmas lights? I love Christmas lights. As we start this series called The Light of Christmas, today I have a message that I've titled, Open Our Heart. Open Our Heart. How many of you have your Christmas tree up, lights on it? Most? Okay. How many of you are going to put a tree if you haven't yet? Going to put a tree? Okay, you're still going to, you're going to get there. I know it. All right. All right. How many of you enjoy going around looking at Christmas lights that are out on display? Yeah, I love to take my kids. We were walking in the neighborhood last night, and there were already lights out, and we were starting to get a glimpse of everything. Christmas lights. Can you imagine a world without light? All the, if all we had was maybe candles like it used to be, or the sun, or the moon when it's bright. Man, can you imagine a world without light? It would be horrific. But God's people lived in about a f period of darkness for a few hundred years. They were living in a time where they were waiting for what they had been told all their life from generation to generation, the Messiah is coming. And they were in this, this place of anticipation of expectation, waiting for Jesus to come in their world of darkness, much like we are waiting today. How many of you would agree the world's a pretty dark place? And we're waiting on Jesus to come. But 
in our waiting for Jesus to come, he didn't leave us empty-handed. He left the Holy Spirit to fill our life and to give us power, to give us boldness, give us courage, to give us guidance and wisdom and revelation of what he means by his word so that we can be his voice, so we can be his hands, so we can be his feet, so we can be his heartbeat on this planet to help people know Jesus really does love the world and he, get, and he came to save the world. Amen? Well, we can thank Thomas Edison for our light bulbs. How many of you have some light bulbs in your house? Yeah, you got light bulbs. Well, the thing about it, around 1879, Thomas Edison demonstrated the first public demonstration of, of, a, of a light bulb, of an electric light bulb, and it was very practical. And um, that's the thing about it is he, was, he didn't invent the light bulb, but he was the one who was, help, who was responsible for inventing a very practical, affordable, and safe light bulb to use, Okay. Well, around 1893, in 1893 at the World's Fair, then President Grover Cleveland, joined by 27 million Americans, stood around as he pushed a button and, and he lit 100,000 incandescent lamps. For the first time, 27 million people saw electric light. Can you imagine their expressions? Some of the way you're looking at me, that was it. Yeah, yeah. Like a calf looking at a gate, you know. It's like, whoa, what's that, you know. And, and, that, and it was there. What an experience. But you know the first light display? It was recorded in Genesis chapter 1 when it said God created the heavens and the earth. And the first thing he said is, you know what? I don't like what I'm seeing. Let there be light. And guess what happened? Light came on the scene and it said it divided the light from the darkness, the night from the day. And he said, this is good. Light has always been a sign of God, of His life, and what He wants to bring into this world. And you know the second great light display happened? At the birth of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who's called the light of the world. He came to save the world. And for 2000, over 2,000 years now, He is still saving this world. And I want to give you a little hope this morning that no matter how dark it gets in our world, there is always the light of Jesus Christ. And it's up to us to open our hearts to Him and to what He wants to do because He has a plan that's better and bigger than any plan you and I could ever create. His plan is better than Washington, D.C.'s plan. His plan is better than the state capitol's plan. His plan is better than the world leader's plan. His plan is better than the king's of, of this world's plan because our king knows how to save the world. He knows how to eradicate poverty. He knows how to come about and bring justice. He knows how to come and shine his righteousness in an evil world. He knows how to, for once and all, remove the evil in our hearts. And it's called Jesus Christ. That's been his plan. That has been his plan. That will be his plan. And he will come again. And he will reign. And he will rule. All right? So I want you to be encouraged in your spirit today. And remember why we're here and what we're celebrating and what this whole thing means. You know, as we, re we remember and we, we realize the pain and the destruction and the injustice of the darkness of our life, of our world, 
that's going around around us. I believe we can experience more capacity for wonder and awe at the light of God. Our hearts, however, I believe our hearts are ready. I believe the hearts of humanity, they're looking, they're searching, they're ready for the real thing, the illumination of God's light through Jesus Christ. You know, in fact, that's what they were doing some 2,000 years ago. People were waiting for the arrival of light because it had been in a very dark place and they were needing hope and Jesus came, the light of the world. And so what we're going to do starting today and over these next two weeks, we're going to look at some experiences of the ones who experienced the Christ child and how he shed some light in a dark world and how in our dark time, we need the light of Christ to shine even brighter. Who's open for that? Amen? So we're going to start with Mary. We just read a story about her experience with the angel. Anybody had an encounter with an angel lately? that you know of, that you could see, that you could talk to, and they talk back. Now, if you did, now you need to let us know that because that's pretty powerful. You probably would have already called me by now and texted me by now, and you probably would have already been on WBBJ by now and, and uh, probably booked a show with uh, The Tonight Show or something, you know, and um, I don't know. But God has a way of getting his love and his light out. But we're just going to start with Mary. You know, I think really this whole story with Mary, it's really about her experience of opening her heart up to the Lord. And you know, the same is really true for, for you and I today, that we need to open our hearts up to Him. Look at this statement on the screen. It says, our hearts must be open to receive and radiate the light of Jesus Christ. If we want to be able to receive from Jesus and we want to be able to radiate the light and the love of Jesus, then our hearts have to be open. And I believe it was just a thing about Mary opening her heart. She had plans and she had ideas and she had dreams and she had a life but really God knew what was better for her and how she would be best suited to serve his purposes. And you know what? He knows the same about you and me today. We have a life, we have plans, and we have dreams and all that stuff, but God has a better plan than you and I could ever fathom or ever think of or ever dream of or ever, ever make because his plan is perfect. His plan does not fail. And his plan always includes him in it so just keep that in mind as you make plans this season if it's not jesus is not in the middle of it then it's not a good plan to go forward with all right opening her heart and opening our hearts i took the liberty of taking the word heart and making it an acronym to get the point across today so we're going to break the word heart down h h honor mary had to honor god's plan above all else through her experience and her conversation with the angel, by the end of that conversation, she said, you know what, I am just the servant of God, and whatever he says he wants to do with my life, then let it happen. Man, what a place to live, huh? Who wants to live that kind of way? Say, you know, God, whatever your plan is, then I trust, I want your plan to just happen in my life. I might not get it all, I might not understand it all. I mean, this didn't make a whole lot of sense. 
But it was God's plan, and sometimes God's plans don't always make sense up front, but as we get into it and get on with it and move on beyond it, then we look back and we begin to see how he unveiled his will and his purpose in our life, and it's like, ah, now that makes sense, right? You know what I'm talking about. Honor God's plan above all else. Opening our heart to the Lord. If we're going to have an open heart to him to receive from him. How many of you want to be receivers from God? But then also, how many of you want to, be, you want to radiate God's love and his, his light? Amen? Then we've got to live with an open heart. We have to honor his plan above all else. Maybe these words in Proverbs 3 will give you some comfort. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding, but seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Trust God with all of your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all of our ways, and he is faithful to show us which path to take. Some of you have made some tough choices and decisions already this year. But you made those decisions believing that the Lord was leading you and guiding you to do so. And as you have done, now the Lord is beginning to reveal to you next steps to take. And let me just, let me just encourage you, if it's hard, don't give up. Your flesh wants to tell you, you know what, you screwed up. You need to go back to the way things were. Trusting this God thing, man, it's hard. It's a walk of faith, but I want to encourage you today, stick with it, stay with it, and you'll see God's faithful hand come through for you, okay? Helping anybody today? Honor God's plan above all else, and you'll begin to see, and you will see, the miracle of Christ become alive in your life. I was praying the other night, and I believe the Lord dropped this into my heart, and that was this, the month of miracles, for this month of December, the month of miracles. So I pray that over your life today. I pray that over our church today. I pray that over your families today, that this will be a month of miracles for you. That we begin to see the miracle-working hand of God be on light display in all of our lives. Because the miracle you see is not for you and I just to gloat in and glory in. The miracle is for the world to see God is real, God is alive, and my goodness, God is doing something. It was noted on some front pages of tabloids and newspapers this week about the tragedies in this country and the world that God isn't fixing anything. Our prayers aren't changing anything. So we need to stand up and do something about it. But I dare to disagree with that. I disagree with that statement because God is and will fix this thing. And our prayers do change things. And yeah, we do need to stand up and do something about it. And that is we need to put more faith and more prayers in heaven, believing that heaven will come down on earth and change the entire world. The month of miracles. I don't know what you're believing for, what you're hoping for, what you're needing in your life and your family this season, but I declare the month of miracles over your life as you honor God's plan above all else. E H E. Expect. Expect God's greatness in your life. 
the angel told Mary that the, son, the child that will be born in your life, he will be very great and his kingdom will never end. There will never be an ending to the kingdom and the throne of God. Never. That means as long as God is on the throne, which is forever, that means God's always going to win. It means God will always prevail in our life and in this world above all else. He said he will be very great. This season you need to, as you open your heart to the Lord, expect God's greatness in your life. I believe there's some here today that you're wondering, will God ever really be great in me? Can he ever be great in my situation? I sure have a lot of doubt and I have a lot of darkness and a lot of disappointments that have been going on in my life. Will God be great? I want to encourage you and build your faith today. Expect God's greatness in your life this season. Because I believe when we expect and we have that hopeful anticipation that Jesus will come. And he'll do his work and he'll do his plan and he'll cause his will to happen in our life. So I encourage you this season, expect God's greatness. Maybe this scripture will encourage you. Ephesians 3 says, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. The other translation might say it this way. You might be familiar with it this way. To him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. Glory to him. To him who is him God who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above and beyond all that we ask or think. That, my friends, church, that is God. He's bigger than any issue, bigger than any problem. He's bigger than any terror cell. He's bigger than any sin hold in our life. He's bigger than any stronghold that ever existed. He's bigger than any heart problem. He's bigger than any invalid issue. He's bigger than any divorce you've ever faced. He's bigger than any drug problem you've ever had. He's bigger and stronger than any addiction. He's bigger than any family problem. He's bigger than any abuse problem. He's bigger than any problem in this world. He is our God, and we need to expect Him to be great this season. He's bigger than an ever doctor diagnosis. He's bigger than any kidney issue. He's bigger than any issue we'll ever face and ever have faced. He is God, and He is great, and we need to expect Him to be great this season. A people that live by faith and a people that pull on the throne of heaven, they are the ones who see heaven move and the earth shake. So this season, let's stir ourselves up in the power and the majesty and the wonder and the beauty and the awe of Christ Jesus. And let's believe this will be the month of miracles, of miracles in our life. That this will be the season, the time that Jesus comes and sets things straight in our world, in our life. Amen. Expect God to be great this season. 
Open your heart. Let God's perfect love come in, drive out all fear, and live by faith again. Some of you have been robbed of your faith. You've been living by fear. You've been living by doubt because of the natural situations that have happened in you, to you, and around you. And the stuff you see on the TV and the news and on the internet, it freaks you out. But God says, let my love, perfect love, come in your life and cast out all fear. Don't live in the shadows of that anymore. I was talking with a dear, precious saint in our church here this morning. I was commenting a shirt she was wearing. I said, I love that color. And she says, you know, I've had a great Thanksgiving. My countenance is different. My outlook is different. I don't know what's going on. And I said, let's just attribute it to the Spirit of God working in your life. You see, when we open our heart, he has a way of changing our countenance. He has a way of just pushing darkness out and filling us with light. And I know there are more true Christians in this country than the media likes to give credit for. Amen. The world, the devil, the enemy, all they want to do is to silence and put fear in the hearts of God's true people. But that's not going to happen. Amen? We need to open our hearts and expect God to be great. Let's move on. A, I got to get going. A, allow. Allow the Holy Spirit to move in your life. Mary asked the angel, well, how in the world is this going to happen? And he said, well, the Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of the shadow of the Most High will overshadow you. And he will bring forth the purity of the child of God, Jesus Christ. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to move in our life. I find comfort and great strength in Zechariah 4.6. He said this, so this is God's message to Zerubbabel. He said, you can't force these things. They only come about through my spirit, says God of the angel armies. He said, so big mountain, who do you think you are? Next to Zerubbabel, you're nothing but a molehill. He'll proceed to set the cornerstone in place, accompanied by cheers. Yes, he sure will. He will do it. Other translations say this, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. We need to open our hearts, and when we open our hearts, we allow the Holy Spirit to move in our life. Some of us have closed off the inspiration and the power of the Holy Spirit, and we've, we're kind of living by the natural power of things, our own ability, our own strength, and the Lord wants to remind us today we need to allow His Holy Spirit to move in our life. That it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by His Spirit. We can't force things. There's some things in our life, no matter how hard we try to fix it, how hard we try to get through it and make it work, it just never happens. It never pans out. It never comes to fruition. You've been there? Done that? God says that some things just can't be fixed. Your family can't be fixed by all natural stuff. Some of your issues can't be fixed by all natural things. He said you need to open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to move in your life. Let Him bring forth the change. 
Let him bring forth the power, the strength, the ability, the wisdom, the grace, the knowledge, the truth, the love that you need in your heart. Only the Holy Spirit can produce that kind of stuff. It's not by might, not by power, but by his Spirit, says the Lord our Everybody following today? Our, open our heart, our rest in God's arms. Mary, after she had the conversation, experience, encounter with the angel, it said she left and went out to the hill country. She went to her cousin Elizabeth's house and stayed there for about three months. That's the next few verses that are read and talk about that. She got away. She was resting, taking it all in. She was resting in God's arms. I like. I, I read this in Psalm 46 earlier in my opening part, but I want to point out Psalm 46:10 that says, "Most of us know this. Read that with me. Be still and know that I am God." Now that's not a long statement, is it? That's point one. We one that we can pretty much remember, memorize just like that. Be still and Know that I am God. The word be still, be still, it means, literally means this. It means to sink down and relax. So this season, as you open your heart to God, sink down and relax in His arms. Let Him carry you. Let Him hold you. Let Him be God in your life. Let Him be God in your situation. Let Him be God in your job. Let Him be God in your marriage. Let Him be God in your children. Let Him be God this Christmas season. Let Him be God to you in your classroom as you take your finals. Amen. Let him be God to you as you try to figure out how to make Christmas happen for your kids. Let him be God to you as some of you sowed very, the last little bit of what you had into the Christmas offering and let God show you how he'll take care of you. That's not manipulation. That's just how God works. Let God hold you this season. Rest in. Sink down. Relax in. His arms. Who else are we going to call on? Who else are we going to fall back into? Who else is going to hold our life together and hold our life up? Who else can fix it? Who else can redeem it? Who else can deliver? Who else can make it right? Who else can do this but be still, rest in God's arm. Choose to not be uptight. Make a choice. It's a choice. Make the choice, as I tell myself as well, don't be uptight this season. Enjoy and embrace this season. Amen? That's one reason we wanted to sow this little book into your life. Our family, we started this... Um, little tradition this week, counting down to Christmas. You heard it here, it might be called Advent. It's that just countdown, that expectation to the birth of Christ.
kids say till I get my Christmas presents. And we try to make it spiritual and let them remember, hey, it's about Jesus. Don't forget, or you ain't going to get anything. No, kidding. <laughs> we, um, we, take, we try to take time out each night before the kids go to bed. Take about five, ten minutes. My wife was graciously and creatively wrapped about 25 little books and put them under the tree with a number on it, numbering whatever day we're on. Um, and each one is a little story about Christmas. Some are fun, cute, like Elmo for our two-year-old. Others a little more, more spiritual, if you will, and uh, get more to the manger. Uh, I have to keep my two-year-old from opening them all up. Uh, she's destroyed about four of them. We've had to rewrap, but uh, that's where I have to choose not to be uptight. <laughs> Try to just enjoy the season. Um, but whatever little tradition you do, whatever time you do, take time to rest in God's arms this season and remind yourself, remind your family, remind a friend. Hey, this season doesn't have to be about the hustle and the bustle. It's really about the light that came to save the world. Amen. And lastly, T. T. Thank God for Christmas. Thank God for what it is. The lights, the trees. I know everybody's got different opinions about different stuff like that, but if we just keep it central, it's about Christ. Thank God for Christmas. This is a part we didn't read, but I'll close with this. This is Mary sang a song after she left uh, her ha after she left um, and went to be with Elizabeth for three months. She sang a song, and it's verses forty-six through fifty-six right here in Luke one. And I'm reading from the message. She said this. She said, "I'm bursting with God news. I'm dancing the song of my Savior, God." God took one good look at me, and look what happened. Can you imagine that? Can't we say that about us? God took one good look at me, and look what happened. I'm the most fortunate, she said, I'm the most fortunate woman on earth. What, has God, what God has done for me will never be forgotten. How many of you want to say that this season? What God has done for me, it'll never be forgotten. The God whose very name is holy, set apart from all others. His mercy flows in wave after wave on those who are in awe before him. He bared his arm and he showed his strength. He scattered the bluffing braggarts. He knocked tyrants off their high horses. Talk about Jesus coming to save the day. He pulled victims out of the mud. The starving poor sat down to a banquet. Hmm. The callous rich were left out in the cold. He embraced his chosen child Israel. He remembered and piled on the mercies. He piled them high. It's exactly what he promised, beginning with Abraham right up to now. And she was able to say this song of thanks all before Christ even came on to the scene. She knew she knew within her. She had opened her heart 
And she knew within her that Jesus was really coming to save the world.